Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after lodge banter. Welcome to episode 240. Uh, is that an episode number or is that the day we're in quarantine? 244. Yeah. I don't know. This is After Lodge Harlan. Welcome to the After Lodge podcast. I'm here tonight virtually like everyone else in the world because we don't actually go to lodge anymore with worshipless producer Bruce. Good evening, gentlemen. Sir John. Giggity. And. The one and only Scotty from the block. What's up, everybody? And gentlemen, that's that's it. This is The Last of Us. Um, Tony is, well, whoever knows where Tony is. Jeff is MIA. Uh, Marshall is trying to hide his still from the fuzz. And uh... <laughs> Well, to, to be fair, Jeff wanted to do this yesterday, so... Well, he thought it was Wednesday, and I didn't know that it wasn't Wednesday because the days are all running together, and so I panicked, and it, yeah. You know what really concerns me is that means that he was clear on Wednesday, like he had nothing going on on Wednesday so he could do the show, but then when Wednesday wasn't yesterday, now he's not here on Wednesday. That's all right. You know, things have been weird ever since this pandemic started. Like, the dynamic is just... Different. Usually, I get a good like weird. Get, you'd say, yeah, detox from uh, you know the family going to lodge for a couple hours, twice a month or so. But you know, so we had virtual lodge Saturday, and uh, the turnout wasn't bad. It was more than I thought it would be. Yeah, I uh, I was quite impressed. Wait, wait, I have to ask. Did like half the old guys have this angle going on? Hello? Yes. Kind of. Their, uh, yes. There was one that was just like Hello. a grayish square the entire time. I'm not sure what the camera was pointed at, but it wasn't a person. Yep. Uh, there were several that had the camera off. There were a couple noses. I know somebody else that keeps their camera off. Who? That, that's for everybody's benefit. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bruce does, and you know oh, you what? Need me, you no, should. I don't have a camera. There's a you difference. Don't, you don't have one. You've got a you've got a commercial grade microphone, but you don't have a camera. To be, to Correct. Be fair, this I is an audio show. Like, two years no ago, I offered to, my to send him my camera, and then yeah. I ended up using it again. So, so that Canada Dry Ten equipment donation stuff kind of fell off the road. So it paid for three percent of this microphone. You yes. just plug your phone in, into your computer and use that as a webcam. I think that's... Wait, Doable. does that work? So my phone would be in Jitsi separately from my browser? No, your phone would be part of your computer. He's talking about... 
I didn't. Can you do that? I don't think that works. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that works, Scott. Maybe I mean, obviously, Android. like the 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 CIA can do it through my phone, but I don't have access to those features. Well, Google, shoot yeah, an email real quick. Questions at langley.com. Um, so, can <laughs> hey you guys, guys help me out? I, I appreciate that you all have this. That's fine. It's whatever. Just, can I see that too? Because I'm doing this podcast. It I just really helped out. I just Nick really was supposed to send me a camera two and a half years ago. What's that, Scott? I said, I just really want to see you again, man. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> Yeah. yeah. How you looking these days, Bruce? You uh, you know, pretty same? much the same. I don't have to worry so much about the beard because everybody's looking scraggly now. Yeah. <laughs> so plus, I, I live with a woman who was a hairstylist for twelve years, so that works. That's not an issue for us as well. Oh, that's handy. I wish I'd known that before I booked a uh, haircut appointment for May the twenty sixth. I thought you were gonna say before you got your haircut because damn, you need to get your money back. Hey yo. How? Guys, this, no, this I haven't had my hair. You, you, you look like young Elvis. That is that is ninety six percent pompadour right there. No, actually, I I don't even do product anymore, dude. That's Jufro. There, there's too much. <gasps> it's too slick. There's too much row for product See? to handle. I, and I second, can't cast stones because I have no hair, so I just. I won't. And second, because I'm out of product because I buy it from the shop that cuts my hair, and they're <laughs> still close. So. That's my product right. actually has dust on top of it. I haven't used it in a month. So I, I just threw an image on the Slack channel. My my wife gave my lad a uh, bang ha, a protein bang cut. Ha, 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 ha. And uh, yeah, she sent me that picture followed up by the picture of Lloyd Christmas. And uh, he's also missing one of his front teeth. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's it's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, my wife cut my son's hair. To similar effect. Um, then she asked if I was interested, to which I said, no, I'm going all <laughs> natural. This is, I'm going like 70s, 70s style. I'm just going big. Yeah, all you need is like the two gray stripes in your beard, and you'll be a pretty good, like, half assed Wolfman Jack impersonator. Kind of working on it. Dude, uh, no joke. Like, I'm getting like the gray straight up on the sides, and you can really see it. Right there. Yeah, you know what else you can see, Scotty? Oh, you're getting that, old quick, Scott. That right there. That's, right that's there. my Mr. Fantastic hair, man. You have Fantastic a kid that's just straight downhill. Yeah. I, I always is. refer to mine as the Doctor Strange. So Yeah, yeah. Well, to, uh, Bruce, my, my mom actually went completely gray by the age of 25. Huh. And, yeah, it just it's just hereditary. It, I'm 33 I, now. I think it's kids. Um, cause I had zero gray hairs and then a year after my daughter was born, my beard was half gray. So I, I think it's sitting in the East with a bunch of old dudes that I had to deal with. At least you guys had some younger crowd. That's not better in the way that you think it is. Um, what? I, you know, there's just a lot of, there was just a lot of old drama, um, man. I adopted old lodge drama. From like 50 years ago. That damn fence. Wait, that's your thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Although I think that's a lot of Lodge's thing. Everybody's got a that damn sink or fence or roof or something. Ours was grass cutting because we got all that land. All these old guys didn't want to cut grass. They wanted to pay someone to do it. But we'd be able to pay for a brand new commercial grade 
mower in two years if we would have paid someone to do it. So it's Our, so ours was our water pipe freezing up. Well, that's the north for you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because you got the. That's because you got the old lodge, Scott. I mean, that like Masons joining today basically have a choice between old lodge or new lodge. Old lodge problems is you have these um, issues. I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. You said, uh... <laughs> "Sir, there's this problem going on." New lodges have no money. Old lodges have a bunch of money. You were saying okay. old lodge. You 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 inherited old lodge problems. Old lodge drama. New lodges have no drama, but no money. Old lodges have money. Well, so the problem no money, was no is, is that the lodge that mine merged with didn't have a lot of money, but they had a lot of property, and we didn't have any property, and they had we had a bunch of money. So when we came together, the ones that, act, that didn't have a lot of money still acted like we didn't have a lot of money and we're like no 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 you just need you need a new john deere lawn tractor for the back there uh yeah, that that's better than the converse problem of hey look we got money let's just blow it out our ass because i've seen that happen yeah and it's I happening prefer- in a lodge up here right now look you guys uh you guys say it all the time it's like masonry's about what making new masons right so if we should just do what we got to do with the money to es- establish our lodge as a place that can do that for the next hundred years. Yeah. That's that's the only goal that I have. And pancakes. And drinking at the lodge. And that. Yeah. But not practicing stonemasonry because I uh, we were talking before the show about the world of hurt I've been in spending money on various contractors trying to take care of things here in year two of this old house. <laughs> um, one of those is, uh, is a I lovely need, home, by the way, good gentle listeners, but yeah, I've seen one wall. I need a, a lot home. of masonry work done like outside, like actual brick masonry. I need some repointing done, some cracks fixed, some stuff like mm-hmm. that. And normally when I'm looking to have a job done, the first place I go is to wait, my wait, lodge. Wait. I was going to say the Home Depot in the parking lot. No, I go to my lodge. It's and I place say, you hey, go. Does anybody know there, and I'm not going to say it. <laughs> does anyone know someone who does whatever it is I'm, I'm looking for? Because I prefer to do business with someone who's vouched for by someone who's been vouched for to me. You know, there's like that chain of I'm less likely to get completely screwed over. If I get a, a job or a referral to a job from from a brother, it's just something I've picked up over the years. And I've always been able to find a real estate agent or uh, an accountant or literally any kind of professional service I've needed uh, is readily available with a quick ask around the craft. Somebody knows somebody that does it. Unless you need something that has anything to do with stonemasonry done. Focus. <laughs> No mason knows anybody anywhere that does anything with stone. I've got a metal worker. Stone mason doesn't help. Stone masons have no reason to join us, Harlan. They already know it all. I say, Harlan, I have the same problem up here. I I can't throw a I can't throw a a plum without hitting an electrician in the face. And a lot. 
Any... John, we're getting severe lag from there, bud. Yeah, there's uh, too many people in the Twin Cities on the internet right now. You said you threw a plum and what? Hold up. I okay. jumped to low bandwidth. No, I was saying, I, I've i got more electricians than I know what to do with up here, but if I need somebody to put down concrete or lay brick, I've got like f maybe five in our whole state that I can think of. That's because in your state, it's too cold to pour concrete nine months out of the year. It's true. Well, it's not full-time. That is true. <laughs> who, who would want that job? <laughs> Teachers, because you can you can pour concrete when school's not in session. Oh, Hashtag it's a job that cares about with teaching. <laughs> I, I found out that my uh, my seventh grade teacher now works for a very major local uh, insurance company. Now, yeah, she doesn't, doesn't teach anymore. Just well, probably better money and more money. stable. Yeah, um, yeah. I just appreciated the irony of. Uh, you know, you can find anything in Freemasonry except for Masons. Um, thought that was comical observance. Uh, also, a problem I still haven't solved. So, um, if any of you guys know of some uh, bricklayer types, stonemasons, uh, that would also still be appreciated. There's like one guy in town who everyone refers you to, um, but he's far too busy to deal with my petty residential stuff. So, what about the Grand Landscaper? I'm sure he knows a couple. I I talked to his boss, um, and he's he you know all the guys he works with are commercial masonry type outfits. Um, so I've resorted to Angie's List um, or Home Advisor. I've got a few calls out to some of the places listed there, and we'll see how it goes. And is it? too big of a job to do it yourself like i know we talked about a fire yeah. pit is that all you're wanting no. to do oh no i'm i'm trying to get uh some repointing done on the facade around my house there's it's a 40 year old house that wasn't very well maintained and so there's lots of brick and mortar issues i'm at the google got, repointing because i don't know what that is you where you chisel out the mortar and replace it um it's, in places it's where it's a needed giant Pain in the ass. I did it in my first house, and I did it myself. Now, like the back cleaning, but yeah, yep. the back side of my house is missing a bunch of like facade all around the um, around the uh, foundation where it looked like it was. I almost looked like someone tried to like glue something there. I don't know. There was some sort of an adhesive. I don't know, man. It was. It's probably the concrete, and they had mortar on it as like a to create that. What's that called, John? That stucco, stucco. look you do with mortar textured look. Yeah. Yeah. Pop, people popcorn. put. It's prettier than the than the raw concrete. That. Do you have a basement? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. So that's what that was. Is a lot of houses will, they'll either put some stucco or or some mortar or. They'll actually, well, or they'll glue that fake stone stuff up over the concrete foundation wall. Um, Our real estate agent said it's all cosmetic. It wasn't anything yeah, substantial to the house. So, yeah. It is. I've got some of that on the backside too, where mortars chipped off. But I, uh, that is something that's DIYable. I just got to get the color tone to match, and you just kind of mix it up with some sand and plaster it over there, smooth it out, and it it works but the brickwork is 
I could do that myself, but this house being so old, I don't know well enough. Because if you just go get like a porter cement mix and, and replace the mortar, if you make it too hard or too soft and it doesn't match what's there, then you end up cracking the bricks. Mm-hmm. And so you need like an actual mason who knows how to look at the bricks and figure out what he needs to figure out and mix the right strength mortar so you don't make worse problems than what you had before. And that's not something I'm comfortable trying to figure out. Um, I can admit when something's not do it myself Um yeah. This is one of those cases. Also, there's that wing wall that uh, John saw that when he came over here. That's mm. pretty broken down, and I need some repairs on that. And I'd rather not get crushed by a wall of bricks when I try to do it myself. So, gotta hire it out. I got lucky that we didn't get any crazy ice and snow this past winter. So, I bought some time. A good winter for that. It was, uh, but I'm worried next winter won't be as generous. And I really want to get this stuff fixed before, because uh, if you if you don't then the ice water gets in there, freezes, and starts pushing the bricks off. It just gets worse every house. season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had to do this at my last place, but I did it myself. And as John said, it was a giant pain in the neck, and it took – God, I don't remember how long it took. And it was only like a small section of the wall. But my last house was only 10 years old when I bought it, and I knew exactly what kind of mortar you needed to use and – Everything was good. Do you think if you got somebody to like oversee you and some other lay people essentially to kind of get it started and then? Yes, uh, I could. But the amount of money that an expert is going to charge you to just do that, you may as well pay him the little bit extra for him to have his lackeys do the work. Um, Because as John mentioned, it's a giant pain in the ass. So. If I'm gonna start shelling out money for it, I just, I just don't want to do it. Like, there's, there's that part of it too. Is it's just a job that I'm not interested in doing again. That's fair. Um, well, and I imagine your walls and basement brick and stuff are actual proper brick. Like, yes. Uniformly shaped. They look to be. Um, I wouldn't. Because, like, when I did it, my first house, I lived in the town of Mankato, and there's. A, the town north north of it called Casota, and they do Casota stone. They just do limestone quarries left, right, and center. My actual house back then was like built 1925, but the foundation had been around for like 20 years prior. <coughs> so the, ah. the first house burned down, and they just rebuilt over the foundation. But they used to use like just oddly shaping rocks of this stuff, and then just fill in the gaps with more oh, like more. like creek stone almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that looks really I, good. Oh, it looks yeah, it looked really neat. Yeah, that was that was great. But then you know, so you scrape out the old stuff and you end up with yep. these giant voided holes in between different blocks because they're oddly sized. So then you're standing like ten feet back from the wall, packing up this mortar into balls and they're like sidearm fastballing it, and they're like Nolan Ryan, hoping you hit the spot just so you can get the mud all the way into the hole. Well, if you had been properly exalted in the use of the trowel, actually, that's not going to help you there. No. That's a good metaphor for a lodge, though. If you've got a lodge that's made of, of oblong, randomly shaped, random-ass rocks. 
Hit him with mortar. Well, it's not going to help you spread the cement of brotherly love and affection appropriately. So the you Lawson know, brothers is get a bag of quick creep and hit him in the face. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be making uh, big repairs to your basement, um, you should look into putting in French drains. Have you heard of those? Is that just the... That sounds like a biohazard waiting to happen yeah. by its name, but I think it's this, Those are just the voids in the brick, right? So water can drain No, them. no. So basically, French drains, uh, they do them in a lot of newer houses now. Um, my grandma actually had hers done. Her basement kept flooding. And there was just no sub pump would work or anything like that. So what a French drain is, is essentially it is a piping system that they go in and they put underneath the concrete in the basement itself and they reseal it so whenever water drains out instead of going to the sump pump it goes straight into the drain and then straight back out of the house so it keeps water away from your house better it's almost like having um bottom gutters oh but uh, it's, it's a pain in the dick to do because it's in the basement and you have my to dig it all up and all that so i don't i don't have basement water problems because the house is built into a hill, so like the basement is open. Yeah. Like yeah. the the back side of the basement's open and the front side's underground, so the water just kind of runs away from the house anyway. Well, I mean, that's all well and good. Like my house is very similar. I mean, Bruce will tell you it's kind of like up on a hill, and then even off the back side of the house, there's a um, there's a cliff that drops off into a. a um, our sewer companies, like storm drain or whatever, like a. Oh, that's right. You're over by the by the giant concrete river, right? The there's like a big canal over there. Like a it's like drain. a creek that goes yeah. into a, like a, a spillway. Spillway is probably the technical term. I like to call it a concrete canal. That's fair. <laughs> but I'll be damned. Uh, it actually flood down here. Uh, not in flood flood it leaked down here real bad um previous owners told us that uh the basement had never leaked they had never made a major repair to it or whatever but because there's drywall up all around we didn't see their fix right away i yep. told them i told them that they can pay to have it fixed or i'm gonna sue them they use flex seal some of that billy mays mm -hmm. <laughs> as, as harlan will tell you if you can prove they knew about it and they th said on the thing they didn't it's you you very easily have a lawsuit there oh yeah they knew it too because <laughs> they actually sent me a text the day my daughter was born like this big long thing saying he forgot <clears throat> that he did that there's no way in hell there's no way in hell you forget about the uh, the, the rods sticking into the foundation of your house that's ridiculous. I, I could forget it pretty quickly, um, especially if I get some sucker to buy the house. <laughs> yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. But then again, he wrote on the paper that three different times, no, 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 there was no leaks, no major repairs, and no foundational issues. But then there were. So. Yeah. We didn't know until we had a problem. In fact, I never would have known... Uh, right, right back behind where it was. I know you can't see where I'm freaking pointing, but right where it leaked, a gutter was draining straight down into the side of the house, and it was pooling right there, and then draining into into that little crack. Well, they I actually saw their moving guy, 
And their moving guy took the those big long black tubes that you put at the end of your gutter to kind of get the water away from the house a little bit more. He literally ripped that off of the gutter and chucked it into his truck. If the moving guy didn't do that, I never would have known. I watched him do it. So, Scotty, I'll, I'll give you tell you what i tell people who are suing my clients for such things prove it prove what the fact that the, there's a crack in the wall no, no scott what you can prove proven it if you haven't seen training day just leave this podcast right now and go watch it <laughs> all right i'll see y'all later bye uh, so I seen training day really. anyway those are those are my my woes of uh finding a mason in masonry um which is fitting because i've i've had more time of late for uh going back and revisiting some of the works of albert pike and he frequently ranted about masons who don't care about masonry i don't think he meant the same thing that i'm talking about but still taking anyway. some poetic license and yeah <laughs> fun reading pike's like addresses that were uh, the ones that were written down anyway where he would talk to a group of masons he sounded in his time a whole lot like uh like traditional observant zealots sound in our day in fact i think that that andrew hammer just lifts his speech is from like old albert pike speeches <laughs> now, he probably doesn't it. it's just masonry hasn't actually changed and so when we talk about the good old days when Masons cared about the symbolism and teachings of the fraternity, uh, according to Pike, they also cared in the 19th century about as much as they care now. So, did, not a lot. Did, did somebody tell me that? Yeah, somebody told me that Pike all, read all the stuff from a podium for all the Scottish Rite stuff. He never committed it all to memory, even though he wrote it. Well. The problem with the Scottish Rite stuff, so there's there's different just like in the in the first three degrees, there's there's the ritual degree and then there's the lectures that follow. Mm-hmm. Um, the ritual degrees are usually committed to memory, just like they are in the craft lodge. The addresses that follow no. There's there's just no way. Like of course, somebody stands at a podium and reads those. Um, even if you were, you know, uh, Magnum Picus, uh, it, <laughs> it's no, it's just it just can't be done. John John knows what I'm saying. I'm not in Scott. I'm not in any appendant bodies at this time. Uh, have you ever seen a copy of uh, the book Morals and Dogma? It's about Yay Thick. I've seen a copy. Okay, that what that book is is the lectures that go with the degrees. So they're very long. Um, And you sit through all that? You have sat through all that? No. So in modern Scottish Rite Valleys, there might be one degree where the lecture is given at like a stated meeting or something. Um, Usually, much like in the Blue Lodge, you take the degrees and then they give you your book and say, uh, go read the rest of this, bye. And that's and it's such an expansive book. There's been two other books that have been written about it regarding the commentaries of yeah morals and dogma, Clausen's, and then Arturo de Hoyos's. Now, it, it didn't moral morals and dogma isn't that what gets us a whole bunch bunch of trouble with the um, 
fundamentalist can't read yes yeah the people that can't read a complete sentence well people who can't look at works that that are written from a different time because it's the l word man it's the l word yes he talked about lucifer and he was ridiculing the emergence of fundamentalists who were calling the devil lucifer because prior to that era those things weren't synonymous in fact, I've actually got uh, this big volume right here uh, just came in for me from the Scottish Rite Research Society. And uh, this is just uh, Albert Pike's magnum opus, which is his commentary mm. on the degrees, um, like old degrees. It's it's a lot. Um, oh, this isn't commentary. This is actually his... Uh, got a little mixed up. Before Pike produce the uh, ritual of the Scottish Rite that we know today, he first made a proposed ritual for the Scottish Rite, uh, and that's what that is. The moral of the story is Albert Pike was very wordy, and thus the Scottish Rite is very wordy. And Aren't all pastmasters the same? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to answer your question... To another level. Answer your question. No, Pike would never have delivered one of those lectures catechetically. That's that's just it's not humanly possible. Um, even if you spent your life learning them, still not possible. That's fair. It, it took him, you know, years to just write one of them. So, yeah, no, not gonna happen. Although, when's yours coming out, Harlan? When's my what? Your book. My magnum opus. Uh, I don't think I've ever confessed to you I'm... that I was working on a book, Scotty. Oh. I feel like you're you're making assumptions. Correct I... assumptions, but assumptions nonetheless. Um. And I've been working on that volume for like eight years now, and I will probably never get it finished so one doesn't uh mc a podcast this long without writing some of this shit down oh no 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 uh i could never have my my actual name and identity publicly associated <laughs> with this if i if i wrote and produced a book i would absolutely stamp my name and likeness all over it because you know my ego if you guys know nothing about me no pen name? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no pen names. So because of that, it would not be from this show. I might mention in the bio that I'm a podcast host um, and just leave it at that. Remember when podcasts used to be cool? Everyone's got a podcast now. It's annoying. Yeah. No, it's the like... new blog. Podcasts are the new right. blog. Yeah. Like... Like the women from the show The Office now have a podcast talking about the episodes. I love it, but come on. Why? Why? I love The Office. No, I mean, I, why would you Why would you do that as a... I, never mind. I, I mean, that's I've a pretty big... There's a lot of people that are listening to that. I know there are. Really famous. They've been really trying to get a reunion show or a movie or something for The Office, so... I mean, it's all on Steve Carell, honestly. 
John Krasinski too, man. He's um, he's a busy guy. He's super popular now. Dare I say more popular than Steve Carell? Uh, I would. I would say disagree on that one, but I have seen him in a couple things. No, Krasinski did the switch over to kind of action films and stuff. Mm-hmm. He did The Quiet Place and The Quiet Place 2. Have you seen Quiet Place? No. He was in 13 Hours, which is... Love that. Worth Love a watch. That. I saw that. That was good. Jack Reacher. Not Jack Reacher. Crap. What was it? Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. It was a Jack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was good in that, too. I like the first season better than the second, but... Um, well, yeah, he's, he's kind of like a, a big deal now. Uh, anyway. Why? So what's the title of your book, uh, Harlan? Is it, does it, is it a working title? No. Um, it's a collection of notes at this how, point. How to make love the Harlan Seaway. Kind of like yeah. the meanings no, of masonry book. That's, that's more like a pamphlet, John. When it's <laughs> like <laughs> one of those single oh, pamphlets. I say that I just I just remember from uh, Bruce Campbell's two books that I've I've perused was How to Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way and If Chins Could Kill. Huh. That dude's yeah. hilarious. And everything no, everything he's been in. Yes. He's utter gold. Treasure. It's a lot of my reflections on the purpose of Freemasonry in a modern era. We need we need new Masonic superhero types like George Washington. New ones. Like hey, we ha- did, we have them, just but they're not as George much Washington the- a superhero. Look at the oh. shirt he's wearing. Of course. Yeah. My point is my point is is that when I say superhero type, I mean somebody that we exonerate enough that is gonna be like is like, hey, did you know so and so is a Mason? And it gets people to be like, Oh no shit, I'm gonna look at it. Well, I mean, we have Arthur Hoyos. I mean, are there any actual normal people like that in existence today, let alone Masons? Well, there's there's not anybody that's in a public eye anymore like that. I mean, we got Art Hoyos, we got Esperant, we've got Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, well, and I mean, admittedly, the most thing I like about Buzz is you know him knocking out the. uh, Yes, journalist that accused him of being the moon landing was fake, and he talking about people who are famous masonically i'm talking about people who the average person in the world knows who they are right we don't necessarily have that in this day and age armstrong is there is there anybody like that who is who has classic hero values who is a good guy if if neil armstrong is the last one you can point to gerald ford that's sad (laughs) (laughs) you know you you laugh i don't think ford gets enough credit for like being the guy pulling the fabric together and keeping the whole thing from just ripping apart. I mean, he had, he, he was the janitor that had to clean up the Nixon diarrhea. Like that's, that's (laughs) okay. Well, you know, (laughs) he gave a lot of his soul to that office. That man was a husk by the time he left. (laughs) Well, I mean, could you imagine being the guy that cleans up after Nixon? Come on. Right. Right. Um, but actually that was, uh, he's one of the examples I always think of about masonry in the modern era is he, 
did this whole thing about pardoning Nixon, not because he didn't do anything wrong, but because this whole Nixon crusade was destroying everything. We need to and move the country on. Needed to to go on. Yeah. And nothing could go on until he pardoned his predecessor. But I, I, I think that's some of that Masonic value that we So this is a good segue since uh Scotty's poking around at things that I usually don't discuss. Um I'm, I have my Bluetooth on, but I'm leaving for another bourbon. <laughs> so yeah, you may need a drink. Poking around things you don't discuss. <laughs> yeah, I, Scotty, I've never mentioned anybody about my my editorial aspirations outside of like a couple guys after Lodge. So um, I don't know if you've ever been there or not. Anyway, uh, one of my all time favorite podcast hosts, perhaps the all time favorite podcast. Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, what the Dan Carlin? Who? Who? Seriously, Bruce, Dan Seriously. Carlin. That's your guy, Harlan. Don't, don't. <sighs> yeah, Hold you on. gotta throw me up too, buddy. Okay, so Dan my Carlin. My are pretty well limited to like Dakota Ring Theater. Dan Carlin used to be a, a radio host, journalist type, and decided he didn't want anything to do with that whole mess anymore. And he was one of the early success stories in podcasting. Anybody who does podcasts. Has heard of Dan Carlin. He did a oh, show. Hardcore history. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a show called Hardcore History that's hands down the best in its genre of history narratives. Not just in podcasts. Like, at, oh my God. But of all time. Nonetheless, the reason he's not as famous is because he doesn't produce regular content because yeah. he works on something until it's ready and then it goes out the door. Whether that's two weeks or two years, it's not done till it's ready. Well, he, for a short time, ran another show besides Hardcore, Hardcore History called Common Sense with Dan Carlin. And it was a political commentary. Uh, I enthusiastically enjoyed it, even though Dan Carlin and I were not opposite ends of the political spectrum, but we're not, we're definitely not singing from the same sheet of music. Okay. But I loved his show because it was always so thought out and reasoned and well done. And when uh, several years ago, it just stopped. Like he just stopped producing episodes of it until last week when he put out the first episode in years of common sense. And what he reiterated on that show was for me, like singing to the choir, but I like affirmation. Because he was talking about the information age and how societies experience different disruptions to the status quo, but there's always been a disruption followed by a period of time for society to adjust until the information era, beginning with like radio and television, cable TV, and ultimately the internet. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's an expert in politics. And he did this whole thing about. What, what we've talked about here before where people politically, because everything's at their fingertips, they've just gotten lazy. They fall into Facebook tropes and it's my camp versus your camp. And it's no longer, you know, your ideas are bad. It's now you're bad. Right. And you're a bad person for having those ideas. Yes. Right. It, 
And Dan opines about, you know, this bygone era when Americans argued about ideals and fought over ideals, not over each other. Um, but all of this drives to the place where I was going, which is I, I and listening to his show really kind of pushed me to do more thinking on this about the place of Freemasonry in modern society. And it may be that we are one of the last vestiges of a civil society in the United States in particular, where we are supposed to accept support and help one another, regardless of our political or religious ideas, but just because we're men who belong to the same order. And I think there's, there's a place for us probably not now, but eventually just as important as the Masons that were involved with the founding of this particular country and being the people who push back against whatever it is that's ha Dan calls it heat uh, in the entertainment industry, right? Your producers are always yelling at you about, you know, we, we need more heat on this subject, mm -hmm. like heat being people being pissed off and irrational because that makes them tune in and tune back in and listen to your advertisers. It's how you make money. Uh, clickbait is, I guess, the internet equivalent, right? We got to sure, make sure. this this headline as, as outrageous as possible to get clicks. Maybe we're one of the few groups of people left to push back against that like, and be the voice of not that. Brotherhood. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, brotherhood. That sounds far too kumbaya-ish, but yes. Well, um, it comes down to being having a think deeper. I'm thinking deeper. It's a commonality. I don't have a good word for it. If I did, I would have had it to tell Scotty the title of the book. Yeah, don't tell me the title of the book. Uh, well, I don't. I don't have a title. I don't have a name for what it is that we should be doing. But that's. Sort of an, a place for when we talk about what can Masons be doing. Well, you know, cooking pancake breakfast to raise $40 for the Girl Scouts is that's all well and good. But I think there's a deeper purpose we could be serving. And I think it's along those lines. The problem, though, is a lot of guys who join, that's what they want to do. Like, that's what that's kind of what their idea of this thing is. And that's fine. We just need a way to separate your I, ideals from his. Are you I, talking about what they want to do is in pancakes and one and, wants to be philosophical? I've seen a lot more of... And, and buying bikes for, for the kids at the school. Right. Okay. I think, Bruce, it's the guys that join and stay who are interested in that. And it's because they, they're Get the it. ones that stayed because that's what they want to do. And that's all we do, so... They're the ones that stay. I think more guys are joining, looking for that higher purpose and, and, you know, being part of something important and cool. Like George Washington was a Mason and they don't find it. And they just kind of Peter out and go do something else. And, and I think that, that George Washington level purpose, like that revolutionary type purpose lies in, in, somehow being the the pins in the cushion that do what we can to stop the whole fabric from shredding apart 
I'll agree with you 100% and say that uh, I feel that Freemasonry has been a vehicle for almost anything its members want it to be. Um, it is a it is a way to accomplish great things as so long as you point it in the right direction. Um, s- some directions a little bit more difficult than others. The philosophical direction that you're talking about, the greater purpose direction, is tough in this day and age because a lot of people don't feel that they can make a difference in anything. Well, yeah, but I, I think – so I think the guy – and I – I apologize to our our non-American listeners. Um, I keep reverting back to the American Revolution, but it, it's because it's what I know and we're here. I'm sure there are similar things in your own histories that you can look back to the craft on. But for us, it's the American Revolution. And I'm sure early in that process, there were a lot of guys who became Freemasons who would have felt the same way, right? Like, what what in the world can I do that that's going to make some difference and and they all just did their own individual pieces, right? Following that Masonic teachings of, of doing what the craft would teach you is the right thing in your own space of the world, your own, I guess, within, uh, you know, within your own circle, to, to borrow the compass metaphor. And there's a collection of a bunch of guys doing that that caused Freemasonry to have so much of an impact in the revolution I don't think there was some like overarching Masonic goal where you were going to lodge and the subject for discussion that evening was how to overthrow King George. I don't think that ever happened. I think it was a bunch of guys who were acting within the compass of their own, their own lives, practicing Masonic ideals that one of them didn't really make much of a difference at all, but taken as the sum of a whole was an incredibly important part of the revolution. We remember the biggies, right? We, we remember Washington and potentially Jefferson. You know, we remember Voltaire. We remember the Wait, where did, Franklin. Where remember, I said potentially Jefferson. That's a whole other discussion. Okay. Um, and, and, and we remember those guys, just like, you know, our great, great grandchildren would remember the Masons, from our era, there'd be a handful who were, you know, quote, important. And they're the ones that get remembered in history. But there was a whole bunch of Freemasons that you're, you you don't know their name unless you're crazy like the Hoyos and you go make a roster of them. But guys who were officers in the, in the continental army uh, who were Masons, there were farmers back at home making provisions that were, that were Masons. There were, Stonemasons who were working on infrastructure projects who were Masons. I think I'm not convinced that there's ever actually been any stonemasons in Freemasonry. But uh, you know, there were a whole there's a whole slew of nameless Masons that collectively made much more of an impact than George Washington or Ben Franklin or whoever. And they weren't doing it because that was the purpose the craft had set before them. They were just practicing Freemasonry in their own circles mm. at an important turning point in history. And I, I I think that is or should be us now, an important turning point in history, right? The the information era, like times have changed greatly and the status quo and the system hasn't caught up for it and it needs to. So there's a lot more change coming. 
And whenever change is happening, that's an opportunity for Masons to be who we are, right? Shape the, the change for the better. And I think we do that by, well, doing Masonry in our own circles. And right now, to me anyway, that that means being the people who don't cave into the well, to the heat or the clickbait or whatever phrase you want to use to describe it, the insanity that's taken over us. Uh, I, I colloquially, collo I can't talk. I've had too many shots of this. I say Trump derangement syndrome far too often, but I'm going to say it again to, to push back against Trump derangement syndrome because we can't have a discussion about anything without Trump. And to be fair, the uh, other side of that coin, too, there are some MAGA derangement syndrome people out there, too. No, no, no. No, when I say Trump derangement, I mean both sides of the coin. There's okay, the deranged fair. people about Trump, and then there's the people that Trump makes deranged. Sure. But sure. Trump is a symptom, not the cause. Um, I've gone over that over and over again uh, till I'm blue in the face. And my, the response I usually get is, but Trump, Trump, Trump. You're like, Stop. <laughs> He's... It's well, it's like trying to treat the coronavirus by giving you cough medicine. It's right. That's the symptom. That's that's not the cause. That's just what you're seeing. Um, but to be the people who aren't that and we're all most Masons anyway, are leaders in some form or fashion in their own circles, whether that's in their church or in their workplace or in their local community or in a large circle of friends, or wherever it is at work, there's something about Masons that they tend to be influential in whatever circle it is outside the lodge that they find themselves at home. And, and we can and should be using that. And I think the simplest way to start is just to be reminding our brothers to stop playing that game. Whenever you see them engaging in that game, whisper some good counsel and say, Hey, we're, we're supposed to be better than this. And, you know, political views are one thing, but talking about your fellow countrymen as though they're Nazis because they voted for someone you don't like, maybe not help. <laughs> um, not, not every Republican is a fascist. Not every Democrat is a communist. Most, not all, but, um, hell, even some Republicans are communists. Yeah, but just being the the voice of like, hey, people aren't the enemy. You know, we're arguing <laughs> about ideas, but Americans are Americans. Or when you when you engage in ad hominem attacks, you get the instant gratification and emo and emotional satisfaction of you know telling the person with the opposing viewpoint where to go and how hard to stick it somewhere. And that's part of the societal issue is the instant gratification. Yes. Because, you know, uh, we get things shipped to us next day and I can get on demand movies and I can have food delivered to my house. And so, yeah, that's, that's part of what we've become is a, I don't want to say a generation, but definitely a, a period in time where instant gratification is the thing. Yeah. And so that, well, back to, you know, masonry and teaching something better. 
in states where we don't allow people to swipe their credit card and be handed a dues card as a receipt, um, we rec- masonry is not something that's instantly gratifying. Oh, we, no. We try not to let it be. And that's just, you know, that segues really well. Like we're, we're teaching values that we can be then practicing. And an individual Mason isn't that important. But again, when you take us as a whole, I think we have a much bigger impact than we like to think. And that's a brain dump of things that have been weighing on my thoughts of late. We still have to deal with the anti-Masonic people. We actually have a guy that... Um, Is that still a they, thing? They still exist? Like I, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a guy that was in our line. In line, he was junior warden, and he stepped down and said he did not want to be a part of Masonry anymore, and um, he didn't even want me calling him brother anymore. Um, and he had nothing. he had nothing wrong with the guys that were there. He just felt like that we believed in a false, um, a a a false system of uh, rules and it. Everything he's one of those Q Anon guys. Q Anon, yeah. You know what religion he was? Mm, he's not. He's not very religious. That's a shame because it doesn't sound like he's very well read either. So he's got zero for two going for him. Well, like some of the stuff like that he, some of the stuff that he talks about is like I'm like, yeah, man, that stuff is bad. Like he was talking about Jeffrey Epstein before it was even in the news. But yeah, but then he didn't kill himself. Well, we know that everybody knows that. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. But. Um, I just saw a pair of eyes peering at me from over John's shoulder. I was just kind of like, what the hell? Uh, is, no, no, in case you're just tuning in, Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. Yeah. And yeah. those eyes over John's shoulders are not Epstein because he is dead. He just didn't make himself that way. Right. So <laughs> so some of the stuff that he says is, is like legitimate. I was like, yeah, man, that's messed up. But like um, this big documentary that's been going around called um, Out of Darkness. Have y'all seen that? No, but that sounds very pro-Masonic. Right. Well, it does, um, but it was basically linking um, our media, not just like news channels. I'm talking like Disney and and everything back to these like child pedophile rings and shit like that. Then his heirs who secretly run the world. Yeah, that's 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 probably legit, Scott. We're gonna we're gonna leave that one alone. Almost. We're not gonna. We can I work for that. Cool. Pleasure. As far as this podcast is willing to go. Yeah, but I mean, likewise, do not discuss Scientology. Moving on. Uh, now I gotta something. I can't I, tell if he's joking I didn't say or not. We don't talk about it. I didn't say anything I, negative about it. We we don't I say that word. Which Bruce, one? Bruce mentioned the, the, the Scientology thing. And Stop I saying that. the word! <laughs> Bruce mentioned the church full of people that are marginally mentally detached and the fact that South Park went after him and they took the time and effort and expenses to track portray Parker and Matt Stone around for like 
three years to dig up dirt on them just to find out that they're two of the most boring humans on God's green earth. Yeah. Every time somebody mentions that place, I just think of that and go, eh. Yeah. But, you know, like, the anti-Masonic stuff out there is still out there. Um, and I try to tell people all the time, I just tell them, like, look, man, you know, yeah, there have been some really horrible people that were Masons. I mean, they they existed. There's bad apples in every group. But, like, the guys that I hang out with, if I found out that they were horrible people, or at least worse than what I see, <laughs> then I, I, wouldn't have anything, I wouldn't have anything to do with them. Well, the thing is, everybody loses sight of the fact that people are horrible everywhere. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah, you guys were all going freaking incognito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me go get my IRA beret and throw that on too while we're at it so I can just go full, you know, Republican. They're still going to be able to find you, Scott. Why do you have one of those? Me? No, an IRA beret. Have you just met me? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, my my brother, my sister-in-law's mom made this. He's very interested in finances, Harlan. Let's see, it's good. Yeah. Oh, it's just a it's American flag. <laughs> Even is that the zipper is in the wrong place? That is the worst kind of. <laughs> Harlan looks like Al Kinda. <laughs> I've never heard that. Oh yeah, more like the hat. Data. Yeah. Is this better? Oh, now I need a voice distorter, and we can talk about all of the ills of the Masonic fraternity. Why don't you go get your little guy Fox you, man? You no longer look like. Yeah, I, I would say you look like ISIS. That's not right. I would say you look like ISIL, which doesn't also isn't right. Look right. You look like an imbecile that fits. Uh, and you're uh, that's what the, like do you spend time just of, at a chair and a desk coming up with these or what's No, this shit comes up. Listen, if I could put my my brain cells together to do things other than bad jokes and like quick quips, I would rule the world. But this is how cancer. I Yeah. That's no, it. This was a uh, Christmas gift that has been sitting idle in my office forever. Uh, and since we are an audio podcast, uh, this is a full face. Uh, it zips in the KMB, center of the front. KMB uh, so, ski mask of sorts. What um, it looked like, general listeners, is if you took your pants and wrapped them on your face. So let me ask so, you this. Do you uh, think this is really just one of my wife's thongs that I pull around my face like this? <laughs> What were the symbols on that? I don't know. I don't care. But I know where it came from, and that just makes me giggle. So uh, there's just a bunch of weird occult stuff, right? There's that uh, Irish, what's that called, John, with the circle and the three things? Oh, you're talking about the Trinity Trinity knot? Yeah, that. Uh, And then there's like like Irish Catholic. A half moon and a... Um, star the the Wiccan symbol, the circle with the two crescent moons facing away. There's a pentagram. There, hold it up. Hold it Eastern star symbol. It's just a okay. bunch of. Oh, look a medicine, a Celtic cross, slash medicine wheel, full metal down. alchemist symbol. Yes. Yeah, my my wife ordered it because she got masks for everyone, and then she was like, "Oh, look, this looks on there." 
this looks like weird symbol stuff, so my husband would probably like it. And then that's. Do you think? Do you think we'll have to wear masks back in Lodge when we finally get back? I hope so. That would be awesome. Then forget then, when I first joined the craft and found out it wasn't like this eyes wide shut type thing. I was sorely disappointed. <laughs> I knew it. Like I knew it. And now, and now I can actually go to lodge and like everyone's wearing a mask and like no, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Someone you know told what? me. I think, I think that might actually help with membership. Following. What does a mask count as a hat? Uh... I'm going to say no. Um, we only, we only, do, we only do that over here. There are no issues. I, I, we only do the hat thing over here. Harlan. Yeah, that, that's another thing, yeah. I kind of want to wear a gas mask. Did you really think... Why? Did you wear them before? Did, did I really think of what? Like, what was the most outlandish thing you guys had heard about Freemasonry before joining that that wasn't true once you got in? I, I, I joined before right at the cusp of the internet era. So, I mean... Well, sadly, Jason dispelled most of that for me. So He dispelled I, a lot of things. I was definitely expecting... So, Eyes Wide Shut, I figured, was like a Hollywood-type thing. And so, oh, I knew froze. it wasn't going to be that. Uh, Never mind. Did I freeze? Oh, everything. Froze but for me I for definitely second. was expecting something a little bit more like that, right? When I showed up and nobody's wearing a hood or a robe or mm-hmm. wrong group, not, wrong group. Um, any, yeah, not not that kind of robe. I was thinking like uh, the stuff you'd find in silly college fraternity initiations. Wait, what do you mean the new guy's a Jew? Thinking it would be more like that. Um. You know, I, sorry. I was definitely taken aback with what I discovered. I'll, I'll just leave it there. Well, I'll, I, I legitimately have a story that somebody told me what would happen, but obviously it didn't. Um, they told me that once I finished the third degree, they would they would tell me that there was like a uh, I'd be blindfolded and they would tell me that there was this like like baphomet type figure there and i would have to go behind a behind it and literally kiss its ass but when you kiss in actuality it's a human inhabited by the spirit of baphomet we know what it Wait, are we Baptist now? What? All right, you go. And, and in really reality, it's actually the secretary because he still has to pay your dues. <laughs> so you go around the corner, and then like you're you're positioned to kiss this demon-looking thing's ass, and then um, they take off your blindfold, and it's a beautiful woman's ass. And I was like, I was like, all right, well, that's kind of out there. I don't think that's going to happen, but. Um, if it does, I'll let you know. Right. I mean, because that's kind of that. I mean, I that wouldn't have kept me from Freemasonry. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the women thing was another thing I was expecting that didn't happen. Like, where are the I was strippers? Ex- well, right. Like, I was expecting coming to the shrine like or, or like bartenders or 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 the jesters, belly dancers. When you talk about the shrine thing, I guess. I, I, 
I just figured there there would be something you know in that traditional spirit of like male chauvinist frat boy type environment that right um, right something. when I just when I discover that there's no there's 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 no women anywhere like that's just not a thing that's gonna happen um it was surprising right I wasn't like coming with that as like a criteria so like if if this wasn't here it's not gonna happen but I was young and unmarried and I guess I just had some assumptions like at least there'd be like a Hooters girl pouring my beer little did I know there are no Hooters girls no beers and that night there wasn't even wings because we had hot dogs with chili so yes that was my first night in yeah I you know I was I was I, I there are a lot of deep things that you can learn from the first three degrees of Freemasonry but none of which involve kissing an ass or women nor does it involve spitting or trampling on a cross because that's another big one because right yeah that's what the templars were accused of and i that was one i heard before i went in well to uh just just to put it out there for those that don't know i'm pretty sure you guys know but the vatican has rescinded that excommunication of all the Templars because they were found that their confessions were coerced and they found them not guilty of those crimes post-mortem. So right. they rescinded it. Oh, uh, thank you, Your Holiness, for that, uh, so, uh, for that gesture. I'm, yeah, as, as, as the, the, I would say I'm the show's Templar historian because, well, we haven't had anybody competent to come along and take that title from me. Go for it. Um, no, I, I want to say, and I'm sure I'll get corrected somehow, somewhere, but about 1500s, 1600s, that had occurred. They were absolved literally centuries ago, but the, the documentation somehow got lost in the Vatican archives. Makes sense. And wasn't, and wasn't rediscovered till about like circa 1995 and then not released till like circa 2005. Right. And when they released it, they released like, 500 copies you see and that's it everybody's got secretary jokes until some shit like that happens and they're like uh, how would the secretary let this happen you see clerics are important john yeah yeah it's um it's kind of interesting uh, you know i think i th- I'm thinking clerical like there I, I, you I, go yeah i was, I was, gonna, I was I waiting gonna, I was waiting for that. I know. Like I played it up D and D. I no, no, no. That doesn't work. <laughs> well, I think for me, like I, I kind of my adolescence, I, I, um, I watched a lot of History Channel, and of course, History Channel had some really good Masonic documentaries on there, Freemason documentaries. For about five minutes. Well, fa- it's fair, you know, for the for the person that is uninitiated, literally uninitiated. It's a good kind of like a primer, but then it kind of starts you on that path. And, you know, I mean, you guys know that I was that I'm I'm related to Captain America, the guy that you guys call Captain America. Steve Rogers. You you say Captain America, you take that shirt off, boy. Wait, he's he's talking about somebody like the actual Captain America. The yeah, one related to him, the, the real life one, not the comic book character. How, he is my grandmother. He was my grandmother's uncle. He, she called him Uncle Not. 
No shit. Yeah, we knew that, Harlan. Yeah. That's why my grandmother was at the funeral. But I mean, I just thought like the whole the whole state was at the funeral. I just <laughs> right. <laughs> well, fair enough that they needed me, but uh, but no, like I didn't really know him though. Like he caught me uh, at a very particular section of my third degree, and I didn't know that he was my great uncle at the time. So like I had no one to kind of say, "Hey, you know this Freemasonry thing?" Nudge, nudge. So I kind of had to do it on my own. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, well, I mean, I that's how I did it. So yeah, I, I mean, I while my dad was a Freemason, um, I'm the one who raised him. So yeah, I don't have those familial influences either. Um, I was in a similar boat, right? I'd heard about it because my grandfather, who I never really knew, was a Mason, but. Uh, and I don't think that History Channel documentary I had seen, or I don't even know if it had aired yet uh, when I joined, which probably contributed to so many of the weird expectations I had, mm-hmm. very few of which ended up being anything close to the truth. But you know what? I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's plenty to it. Um, there's, there's, there's things that I think that we can still, in our lifetimes, resurrect in Freemasonry that has just gone away. You know, like you're doing the traditional observance. Um, Bruce is not going to lodge ever, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) To to paraphrase Tony's sermon that he did at his daughter's wedding, um, it wasn't what I expected. It was better, which sounds kind of tongue in cheek, but I mean, it's true. Like I, what Freemasonry is in reality is far stranger than anything you could have imagined before you joined. Right. And stranger doesn't necessarily mean more fantastical. It just means it's really weird and you'll never understand it until you're here. Right. And then my wife would always, like when I first got in, she'd ask me, like after my EA degree, I'd come home and well, I was her, come to her apartment and uh, when we were just dating. And she, she's so, what are, the, what are the secrets? And I'm like, really? Uh, if there's something for me to tell you, I, uh, I guess I would. But there's not anything for me to tell you. That's, that's the weird thing. Like the, the passwords and handshakes are to me are superficial. Granted, they are the, you know, they're there, but they're a personality test, r- right? If but, we can't trust you to keep a stupid handshake to yourself, we ain't gonna tell you anything else, right? And then, but all the other stuff that goes into it, man, I get so much going to out of going to lodge. Granted, sometimes the argument about who's cutting grass or cooking dinner or whatever. Sometimes you get heartburn from going to lodge. I know. Oh, yeah. Why do we always have beans in a closed room with no windows with a bunch of old men? <laughs> Heartburn's a good analogy, right? Because usually whenever I get heartburn, like it really sucks. But whatever it was I was doing earlier before I got the heartburn, I was thoroughly enjoying. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Like the, and that that same video that, that the Grand Lodge always throws out there with like the Benjamin Franklin uh, talking about Freemasonry thing. Um, by the way, I found that before it was cool. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah. And Franklin's the reason I thought there'd be more female involvement. That's the Hellfire Club. <laughs> that's that's the Hellfire Club. Yes. Which which to a point, like the things I was expecting of Freemasonry, I've learned since that most of those weren't true, and I found something better, which is why I'm still here. And like all those other things that I was thinking I was walking into. I could still find somewhere else. Yeah. Freemasonry has something that's so unique that I couldn't conceive of it until I was here. And I can't find it anywhere else. Um, and that doesn't mean it's like Da Vinci-esque fantastical, as I said earlier. It's, it's not as like storybook worthy as you think, but it, it's just so unique and weird. Is still the best word I can come up with. Well, that, the funny part is, yeah. I mean, the funny part is, you you can find it somewhere else, but you generally won't discover that until you've been in the craft and then start seeing the the whole wide world of, frankly, uh, uh, Western esotericism at work. Mm-hmm. There's there's also, I mean. It's funny that like after like my my third degree, I could walk through the um, like the one of the war museums uh, in the downtown's area and be able to um, see presidents that were also war heroes posed masonically in a lot of their portraits, a lot of their um, paintings and. And, and you can kind of hear a lot of the, like, I mean, it's ingrained into the culture or the, the, what is it? The oath of office for the, for the presidency now, because of George Washington. I mean, the, it was a Masonic Bible that he was sworn in on. It was, you know, <sighs> Mozart was amazing too, Scotty. I know. I like a lot. I like the magic flute. Did, did you know that Mozart was amazing? I did. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I'm just the whole George Washington thing. You got his well, portrait on your wall, you sick. Ah. The grand landscaper gave it to me. Of course he did. Yeah, when, it was actually the time that you were there and left early. Remember? We were there with the uh, Prince Hall guys there for a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it was Sunday night and I had to work the next morning. I know. Well, but yeah, he gave that to me and... Um, I figure since doing this show more often, I just put it up there. If if not anything to annoy you. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. You're welcome. This Washington worship has to stop. My point is, is that the only reason why I even bring up Washington or put him on the wall or anything is because a big reason why a lot of people, including me, I, I, I got in is because a lot of our founding fathers were Freemasons and if I can just embody a little bit of their free thinking sensibilities, I I will be a better man for it. That's not wrong. I agree. And and Washington's an admirable character, minus the whole Jesuit hackery thing. But but give but me a Ben so Franklin, many, I'll put it up there. There's so many others. And it's fine that you have George on your wall. It's just this 
and I think it's maybe it's just our jurisdiction. Maybe it's the United States. I, I, I don't know. It's the same thing as Scott idolizing Superman. But when you talk about who's right next to George Washington, famous Masons, same thing. Same always George Washington. Like he, he wasn't the only guy involved. Some people prefer Superman, Harlan. I, I don't know, dude. I got I got Cab Calloway hanging on my wall in my lounge over here. I don't. I mean, success. Batman's the best. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd take Alexander Hamilton at this point. Just anyone else. Look, and to be honest with you, dude, I I, I really like Benjamin Franklin. Um, is I mean, he's not as I guess he wasn't as prolific, uh, as George, but. I think that he is no. a more interesting than George. He was he was too smart to be caught up in that whole public office gimmick. Well, and 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 George got compared to Cincinnatus, and then that turned him into a you know quasi deity. Yeah, I mean, hell, he's up there, and and what was that mural on the ceiling of uh, the um, U.S. Capitol? Wasn't it? Was it? No, it's it's the uh, Library of Congress. You're talking about where he's sitting in the chair. With this gesture, the toga, the angels, all that stuff—that's the dome on the US ceiling. Yeah. The U.S. Capitol. I thought that because I saw a national treasure. It was at the uh, national treasure too. <laughs> it's probably, it's probably both. But I'm I'm almost positive it's the uh, the. Well, they shot the ceiling. Capitol dome. Hey, you're laughing, but they shot the freaking ceiling, and I paused oh. it, and I said, "Look, honey, my wife and I and kid were watching it. I said, look, honey, it's George Washington. He's in he's in heaven with.'" With with the angels because Jesus Jesus Washington. Well, I don't. While while true, any movie that involves Nicolas Cage immediately loses any credibility whatsoever. However, I did enjoy National Treasure. National Treasure was great, and and I think we need we need more movies that bring people to be like, oh, what's this Freemasonry thing? Okay, like Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider God, was not good. Stop my favorite there, comic character ever, and they f you, Sony. F you! <laughs> they can, if Disney gets a hold of it, it'll be Suck taken care of. It's weird how they did so good with Spider-Man and then just destroyed the, the first two times, maybe. Um, the third uh, one was poopy. I've enjoyed all but the oh, most. Tom Holland is a good Spider-Man. Jake was kind of dumb. All the other So, since we're Jake, nerding out. Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Westworld? Because this happens at every point in the show. I haven't seen Sunday's oh, yeah. episode yet, so I'm still an episode behind. Um, last show, we talked about this whole After Lodge tabletop exercise. Oh, yes. Is there anything I need to do to prepare for that? Do I need to be reading anything? Do I need to learn how to do this tabletop thing? What, what are we... So, in my opinion, when you play D&D, if you're, are, you're not wanting to... Be the dungeon master, are you? I just want to know how it works. Okay, yeah, no, like I know mechanically how it works because I play a lot of like video games that are D and D based. So but, yeah, it's easier to do than just explain it to you and just kind of go explain as we go, like character creation, and then giving you like basic tutorials on how to use your character. I mean, really, ninety percent of it is rolling dice, and the other ten percent is the DM wanting to make stagecraft. sure. Stagecraft. Yeah, stagecraft. The stagecraft's yeah. the part I'm I'm curious about because I played. So I'm old enough to have played a lot of multi-user dungeons. If anybody remembers those things, 
Uh, good old muds. <laughs> yes, sir. They were the by the way, uh, before World of Warcraft like made everybody think it was cool. And all of those are loaded with D&D mechanics, so I get like the dice rolling bit, etc. But I just don't know beyond the mathematical mechanics of like how statistics and checks work, like how the game is actually played. Like, is there a lot of stagecraft? Like, so can I put on a wizard hat and make silly accents? Yeah, you you get your character. Uh, let's let's say you roll a um, a rogue, a thief, and um, I'm the DM, and I I want you to pick that lock. So I'm gonna have you roll against lock picking. You don't know I want you to pick that lock because there might be a plot point or something behind that door. If it's just like a bunch of loot and you t- can take it or leave it, I'll roll against you behind my blinder and and say, what'd you roll? And then what's your modifier? So if like you rolled a, a, a 10 and your modifier of 5, you have a 15, and then I roll a 19, you still lose. Right. No, I, I, get, I get the mathematical mechanics. Okay. I mean like okay. the game mechanics of like how do I actually – do it like can i do i put on a wizard hat and pretend that i'm actually lothario of whatever I mean, if you really want to and i hope to god we video conference it yes you can okay. my brother my, i got a picture of my brother in full uh like barbarian gear at but that's not AD required game. no that's not required okay i mean yes yes harlan you should show up with all that <laughs> i i just so i i mean i've always understood like, like Scotty was talking about dice rolls and mechanics and and saving throws and the test of this versus that. Like all that makes sense, but I know that people have sat around tables with whatever books in front of them. They're not just rolling dice. Like there's always something else happening, and it's that something else that like I've never done. Well, so the books are just the books are just like the rules. You just use them as a reference tool usually. And then, like for example, if we were to play a D and D match right now, we all have our characters or a game uh, campaign. Even um, we all have our characters. And if I'm DMing, I would just say, um, "Okay, all of you are in a tavern." Uh, Harlan, you're pouring yourself a drink. John, you are contemplating life. And Bruce, you're just staring off into the darkness. Um, and then... Sounds like me. Right. Well, yeah. your screen's black. That's why I'm saying darkness. Um, he has no eyes. Right. Um, I think you guys are all, all, in, all in there. And then all of a sudden, the door breaks open. And there's a beautiful woman looking out of breath. And looking like she's been kind of beat up. What do you do? Fortunately for you two who are about to fall for that shit, I can't see, so I don't fall for it. <laughs> okay. So you and, say... And, um, that, and that is a pretty fall. good basic how it works right there, Harlan. Yeah. So you, what's what's the saving throw for premature... Is that... So... so Constitution. Most of the game is going to be just us ruining the game. There's an old, oh, yeah. no, there's an old video. Is that, that's how it works. Right. There's an old video of it's talking about these guys. These guys are sitting around the table, and he goes, okay, you're all in a tavern. And the one guy's like, are there any hot chicks there? Oh, God. Yes, there's hot chicks there. 
There's hot chicks this, there? Yeah, I know okay. what you're talking about. I want to I, I, I wanna roll an intelligence check or a perception check. He rolls it, and he goes, he's like, damn, I got a six. He goes, you see nothing important. And then the buddy in the kitchen's like, are there girls there? Yes, there's yeah. girls there. If there's girls there, I want to do them. Okay, apparently he wants to roll. Uh, I mean, if, if you fail a perception check, nothing else should matter. Right. Well, I, I'll send you guys the link in the private chat. I hope um, everybody sees that video. I've seen that video. It's bloody hilarious. It is so, great. So was- to come to come to you guys in a future episode will be our own uh, spin on Dungeons and Dragons hilarity after it'll, Lodge. It'll have to be on Sabbath, dude, because I can't I can't do it during the week. I can't do it. It'd be a Friday or Saturday. Okay. So I'm just saying. Lodges and past masters. That's right. I ooh man, see I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to have a um, a club of um, murder and treason only club, which is a super secret club. What should we call this one? <laughs> but the problem is he's telling everybody. Yeah. Well, so Bruce, the whole point <laughs> of belonging to a super secret club is kind of stupid unless everybody knows that you belong to the super secret club (laughs) that's right that's right that is why Uh, scott will never reach the upper echelon fight club would never be important if nobody knew about fight club well how do you know it's real i could just be throwing you off the trail because i'm one of those simulation yeah i know we all live in a simulation this isn't real um but I would love to do a D&D game. Um, I just don't have the tools to, to do it online. Have any of you D&D'd one, uh, or DM'd one? There's a there's an app. There's a really good app for one. There's like an app that everybody uses. We talked about it when we were talking about doing it on the other show. Yeah, we got to oh, do something that- virtual because we got to bring we got to bring Johnny in. Because I'm not going on any kind of campaign without my trusty Templar. Uh, is, and, and the app is crucial if we're going to do it on something like this because everybody has to be able to see, you know, the maps and stuff. Now, right, I actually... If they just listen to us play, that's going to go over like a goddamn fart in church. So I actually have a campaign that I made up um, that is set up to kind of be like a freak of the week with a... Is it like George Washington's Jewels? No, well, like the freak of the week, like you know the old TV. <laughs> you know, like the first season of Supernatural was always like there was a new monster that week. No, I don't know. You never seen Supernatural? No. You need. Yeah, you're doing. Life. You guys. You guys are missing out. There's a reason why that show has run for 15 seasons. It's awesome. Holy shit! Seriously? Yeah, the yeah, 15th it's season. Gone a long while. This fifteenth season is the last season, and then they're they're paused on production for the second half of the season because of COVID. But the fifteenth season is going to be the final season. But anyway, uh, I have it's not a, an official campaign by you know uh, Wizards of the Coast or anything like that. So anybody listening that's a true D and D nerd, they're, they're gonna they're gonna know it's not official. But um, it's up to you guys, man. Uh, what you want to do, John? Have you ran a game before? Uh, admittedly, yes, many. Well, dude, I've only run a couple. If you've run many, I'd rather you run it. Yeah, but I mean, if you guys are all there in person, like if you gather at a table at your lodge and then I'm there by laptop. We're not doing it that way. We're going to do it all virtual. 
Yeah, we would we would have to do it online. I mean, that would be fine yeah. like Jason's if y'all wanted to, but I feel like you two would not want to do that every Sunday. No, no. I can't do it. Wait, Sunday. he said the Sabbath. I was thinking that was lodge night. Yeah, it's a Saturday night. That's what I meant. Because I can't do it on a Sunday because on a Sunday night, um, it's work night, school night, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Even I'm though all that stuff the name is closed, right even now. though there is no work or school now. Well, I, I work from home, so I've I've still got that going on. And my kids what? here, so it's like I'm also doing both. I mean, any night is a weeknight. What do you mean? <laughs> I can't do it on Saturday nights because that's lodge night, and I can't do it on Friday nights because I work on Saturday. Well, well the whole thing was doing it after lodge or before. Well, we'll just have to pick lodge, a night. Whatever. You don't meet every Saturday. I know yeah. that for damn sure. I mean, so yeah. I, Bruce, Bruce, I, remember, I remember the program you're talking about, Bruce, but I, I, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it was like, you could do the maps online and it had like a fog of war. So you couldn't see unless the DM cleared out. Yeah. Yeah. Basically everybody downloaded kind of the app and then there was like a version that all the players saw. And then there was the version the DM had and it was just right. reveal things or whatever. whatever. I don't I've know. got a, I've got I'm, a, I'm full... the game, so I don't know the specifics. Yeah, I've got a full copy paper box full of nothing but D&D stuff, miniatures, all that stuff. Like, I've got a grid pad and all that, but I know that doesn't do us any good online. But um, what version were you guys thinking of playing? Because the last one I played was 4.0, and, and that was pretty simple. Oh, now we're going out I of I played my... D&D, but I was heavy on, like, White Wolf and GURPS and Cyberpunk. Yeah. I, mean, I never got into those. DMing should pick the version and just pick the version you're most familiar with. Well, yeah. We're getting into the Shadowrun world now. That's, well, uh, yeah. Yep. Which is interesting. Shit. It is. Native American hackers with totem magic is... Uh, yes. Nothing could go wrong there. <laughs> Shadowrun was always pretty... I, I never played it, but I read up on it and stuff, and that was always really just completely wonky. It was like the complete bring together of everything mm-hmm. RPG. But I like yeah. GURPS because it's completely universal. You can adjust anything and play it in a GURPS format. See, I liked 4.0 only because it was like it, it simplified a lot of the things. So instead of like lock picking and sneak, it was a thievery check. Um, you know, it was, uh, I liked them combining into one thing. It made it easier for the DM because in my mind a DM's job is to craft the story so you guys feel like you're playing a real like it's a real world for you. So I just want to make sure we can let the devil in like Bobby Boucher's mom had said that's <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is the way to do that, right? Yeah, I'm gonna send you a link projector screen at Lodge and have like 20 guys there. That's what I want to do, dude. Yeah, I mean, I want to play with John. John, just move, just move closer. (laughs) Yeah, no. So we have our friends on the Freemasonry IRC channel who could help us make that dream a reality, Bruce. Do we? Yeah, all those guys are. They have like, like. Tabletop gaming meetups all the time. I've never been to one, but they have them because they're always talking about them. Yeah, I you know I've been wanting to play D and D since uh, we bought this house, um, but you know 
having an infant the first couple of years, it was just tough. Couldn't really be loud. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we could always play here. Um, I mean, Bruce, you know, we got plenty of room, so. But Lodge is fine, too, but we can't drink there. So, that's uh, more after Lodge discussion. After Lodge. After, after Lodge. After, yes, after. That, that after Squared Lodge. Got it. So, now that we've sufficiently nerded out, mm-hmm. and I have had far too much Highlander and Lord blended scotch whiskey, um, because that's all that was left in my liquor cabinet. Um, has anyone anything else to bring before this uh, this Actually, podcast? I will, and it's an advisory for the brethren. Because before we started recording, Bruce asked me about if I sold my car. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the car. <laughs> so, in the beginning of March, I picked up a uh, 85 Porsche 944 off of my nephew. My nephew's a mechanic. Not by trade, but he's he knows what he's doing. Engine and transmission work great, but anybody that's had a Porsche 944, and this is my first experience with them, knows it's a money suck because there's all these other little things that go wrong with it because they built it kind of on the cheap. The beauty of the Porsche 90, 944 is it's one of the only cars that has a 50-50 weight balance over all four wheels. So it corners like a demon. Um, and that's what sold me on it, and it looks good. So I got the car. I threw, I bought it for like 2,500 bucks. I probably threw about another thousand in parts in it. And then I finally went, you know what? No. <laughs> and I, I put it up for sale. I had a father son team lined up. They were the number two guys in line. And ahead of them was like this 20 something year old dude. And they wanted it. I wanted to sell it to him. I'm like, this guy gets first refusal. He comes, he buys it, brings it home. And and I posted this on my Facebook page too. About three hours later, I get a message from this kid saying, Hey, um, if I, if I bring you back the car and let you keep 500 bucks, can I, can I have my money back? Huh? I'm like, what happened to the car? Cause it was, I mean, yeah, like the driver door was stuck shut cause a lock froze and a couple other weird things, but it ran like a, just a complete gem. Turns out Dingle Fritz did not and he's married he managed to forget to ask the wife if he could you know drop two and a half grand on buying a car he thought she'd mm. that car. so of course me being understanding guy who's been married twice said um no <clears throat> so then i hook him up life lessons <laughs> and and then so then i end up hooking him up with the name and Facebook contact of the guys that were the father-son team that were number two. And then like another hour later, I get a message from those guys going, what happened to the car? Thinking that it got crashed. This kid screwed it up. So then I sent him the message saying, no, his wife's pissed. I, I, I copied him the screenshot I took. And I said, use that to your advantage. Huh. Because if you don't plan properly, that's not my fault. And then they ended up buying off the kid for nineteen hundred bucks. So the kid's out six hundred bucks. The guys that wanted the car in the first place got it, and I still have all my full money. The kid learned a lesson. Yes, he did. And the lesson is: if you're married, do not 
piss off your spouse unless you have an exit plan. And remember, boys, it's cheaper to keep her. The spouse, uh, not yeah, always. I, I have one ex-wife that I will attest that that certainly wasn't the case. <laughs> Generally speaking, it's cheaper to keep her. Yes, I mean, granted. But if you get if you're broke when you're married and you're broke when you're divorced, you're still broke when you're done. Just saying. That's, that's true. But I'll, I'll wait for the attorney to cue in and chime in here. I, no, I mean that's well, you're yeah, less very than strong broke. feelings about that. <laughs> you're less than broke after legal fees, but it, true. Yeah. Who actually pays their lawyer? Like, is that a thing that actually happens? Not if you. I, I met him in lodge. I, I mean, I, I, sorry, I just filed my taxes this week, and I, I paid my attorney. I've, I've did they lube it up? Retaining them. Well, so I realized every year because I never really try to think too much about it till it's tax time about how many billables I end up writing off, just because it's not worth the hassle of collecting, and I know I'm never going to get paid. And uh, I guess that comes yeah. Come tax time. It does. It does. Uh, that's why I only do it once a year where I'm like, I have to go down the list of unpaid accounts receivable and choose which ones I'm just going to discount and be like, you know what? I'm never going to see this money. So forget about it. It's always depressing. And it always leads me to ask that question of, does anybody actually pay their lawyer? Or maybe it's just me. And Oh no, I try to keep it for nothing, but I see a lot of lawyers driving a lot of nice cars, so somebody's paying them. Yeah, but hammers and stuff. I feel like the write off percentage, and I know it's not just me because I talk to other folks, and lawyers write off a kind of silly percentage of their billables. (laughs) Dude, you wouldn't believe how much. I, I mean, I work for a big hospital and i do physicians bills you wouldn't believe how much is written off because either insurance won't pay it or yeah no that it makes sense and when when i always ask why is this medical bill 10 times higher than it should be that's part of the reason why so the next time you ask why your lawyer is charging you 300 dollars an hour it's because you're paying 200 dollars for the other two out of three people that didn't pay him it's like shoplifting. The value of the lawyer who doesn't get paid is enough for him to write it off on his taxes and benefit from it anyway. It's interesting. <laughs> huh. <sighs> no. No, your, your taxes are a percentage of income earned. It's always better to earn the income than to write it off. Unless you play those games where you overinflate bills you know are never going to get paid so you can get a bigger write-off. But I would never do such a thing. You would never. God forbid. No. I'm a good citizen. That like my one L? Right. Man. So I asked you earlier, did they use blue? <laughs> you know what? Harlan. I'm done with the show. Harlan. <laughs> did they? He said what no. he said, God. What? No, it's the IRS. They don't. They charge you for lube, and I ain't paying that. He's a libertarian, <laughs> damn it. He'll make it's, his own lube in legal fill. <laughs> All right, that's it. This with, all, with, all, with, all, with all his freshly newly ground cow grease. So long as in the end of use. after quarantine episode two hundred forty four.
Um, one day we'll be back in Lodge and, well, nothing will change for this podcast. You can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with me, After Lodge Harling, because these guys don't do the IRC, at irc.snoonet.org, pound sign, Freemasonry. And, of course, you can always find us sometimes on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. And uh, until we meet again, brothers, we will see you on the other side. Take care. Later. Watch it.